Hello and welcome to the Herb Mama Radio. Join in on a lively conversation about all things herbal with me, your host, herbalist and health educator, Jessica Thomas. Dive into a deeper understanding of empowered herbal living by infusing the science and traditional wisdom of plant allies into your healing journey. If you're herb curious and looking for sound guidance on how to transform your health using the healing power of botanicals, tune in each week as I share practical tips for topics like herbal medicine making and recipes, foraging and wildcrafting, and herbs for common concerns. Listen in and learn to trust nature's wisdom, science's latest findings, and your own inner healing voice. Hello, beautiful herb people, and welcome to the Herb Mama Radio, the show where we chat about all things herbal. This is the first episode in a series that I've dedicated to something I think we can use right now, which is herbals for stress. In this episode, I'm going to share some time-honored herbal allies I like to use for tackling stress and anxious feelings. Stick around to the end where I share a simple recipe you can try. As I sketched out this episode from my favorite comfy chair with my favorite cup of tea, it occurred to me that this was perhaps the single most healing act I would do for myself today. As a mama and entrepreneur, me time is sparse, and the term self-care has just lost all meaning. But this cup of tea is attainable, and it soothes me to a soul-deep level. This is one of the many wonders of plant medicine. Simply brewing a cup of tea and taking time to mindfully enjoy it cuts my tension in half. This daily meditative practice connects me with plants and it connects me with my own spirit, and that is healing beyond words. Taking a moment for tea also connects me with my grandmother, who always took the time to thoughtfully listen to my problems over a steaming mug. It was her compassion and her love of botanicals that spurred my desire to pursue my own path into herbal medicine. So I honor her and all the other wise women who came before me and the sacred plants they worked with as I launched this first ever episode of the Herb Mama Radio. I invite you to do the same. So press pause, go grab your favorite cup of tea, sit back, relax, and let's chat herbs. Grandma wasn't just a folk herbalist. She was also an extraordinary researcher, and she had decades of experience to back it up. After hearing my woes and complaints, she'd scoot off into the kitchen and gather her custom-crafted herbal teas and tinctures. For anxious, overwhelmed people big and small, Grandma loved chamomile. She believed chamomile to be the best for people whose anxiousness had left them weepy and sad. Think like a toddler. I tend to agree, and I find that making Peter Rabbit chamomile tea to be just the thing when my feelings are running the show. As an herbal nervine, the humble chamomile soothes and restores the nervous system. It also aids in some of the tummy troubles that feeling anxious and stressed out can trigger. So it's kind of a two for one. German chamomile has a noticeably milder, sweeter flavor than its cousin, Roman chamomile. So if you're shopping for plants to include in your garden, 
or you're picking up some in bulk, you're going to want to look for the German chamomile variety. Lavender is another herbal nervine that's very common and it has a long history of use. Its calming effects are revered. You're likely familiar with lavender as an essential oil, but the dried flowers can also be tossed into teas and their heavenly relaxing properties are wonderful as they steam up from your cup. Lavender glycerites are divine and tinctures can be used too, so those are both common preparations that you can give a try or make yourself. Interestingly, there are now published reports of controlled clinical trials in humans for lavender's efficacy. For more information on lavender for stress and anxiety, you can look those articles up on PubMed as well as the Natural Medicine Journal. Lavender is a feature in my Be Happy Tea, and I like to use that to help me do a hard reset on my mood. If I'm just having a tough day and I'm just out of sorts, it helps me calm and center and ground myself when I'm getting all wound up and frazzled. Now, nervines like chamomile and lavender help take the edge off, but for long-term stress management, it's adaptogens that do the heavy lifting. Adaptogens are another category of herbs that help us with anxiousness and stress-related conditions. They get their name from the fact that they help us adapt and allow us to better cope to stress. Adaptogens have gotten a lot of attention lately, and it seems like they're everywhere right now. I even saw a product claiming to have adaptogens in it at my local Target. I would never purchase an herb from a local department store due to quality concerns, but it still speaks to their popularity. Now this well-researched category of herbs helps us build up resistance, and it has almost an innate intelligence. It helps aid us in reducing the harmful effects of outside pressures without pushing our body too far to one direction or the other. These are herbal powerhouses, and they promote the regulation of stress hormones like cortisol and help decrease anxiousness and fatigue while improving immunity. There are only a handful of herbs that actually fit the criteria to be considered a true adaptogen, like rhodiola, ashwagandha, and holy basil, and we're going to chat about those today. So ashwagandha is possibly the most well-known adaptogen, and that's with good reason. It's a soothing Ayurvedic herb, and it boasts anti-inflammatory properties, antispasmodic, and immune-boosting properties as well. Ashwagandha, or winter cherry, is a bit bitter, it's warming, and it's a drying herb that restores a person to their usual self after prolonged stress and worry has taken effect. It usually takes a few weeks to notice any difference from taking ashwagandha or any other herbal adaptogen for that matter, as they slowly build you up and gently soothe out your frayed nerves. It has a mild flavor and that allows it to easily be added to smoothies and shakes. I've even made a vegan banana ice cream and spiked it with ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is a go-to when I'm working with clients that are burnt out and wound up. I highly recommend that you give ashwagandha a try. 
On the more stimulating end of the spectrum of adaptogens is rhodiola. The use of rhodiola root has a very long history and it's been included in many cultural traditions such as Tibetan medicine and uses in Siberia. Rhodiola is reported to improve focus, reduce fatigue, and increase performance. Herbalist and naturopath Dr. Lodog commented that the role of rhodiola in the area of mental health is highly promising, and she points to a small pilot study conducted by the Department of Psychiatry at UCLA that found that rhodiola significantly reduced anxiety in patients diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. This could certainly be good news for the nearly 40 million Americans suffering with anxiety. It's important to know that rhodiola can have some unwanted effects in certain sensitive populations. So that's anyone that tends to be very dry with a dry constitution. It can be a drying herb or those that have bipolar disorder. It may exacerbate those symptoms. So use caution there. Tinctures and capsules are the most common form of rhodiola, and that's how I usually use it. And I typically recommend that clients go low and slow, meaning starting with a smaller dose for a longer period of time and working your way up while working with a trained herbalist or professional. Kind of let yourself get to know the herb and how it's going to react in your body before increasing the dose. Now another very common adaptogen that I love is holy basil. Holy basil or tulsi has been used for thousands of years on Ayurvedic medicine. It's adaptogenic, antiviral, anoxalytic, immune enhancing, and carminative. So that means it helps out your immune system, it calms your tummy, it eases anxiety, and it helps with colds and flus and viruses. It's pungent, but sweet and warm in nature. It's very different in flavor from its spicy cousin culinary basil or Italian basil. This herb is native to East India, and there it is planted along courtyards and near temples, hence its name. Holy basil is commonly consumed before meditation as it helps the mind maintain a calm clarity and it kind of wipes away that mental fog feeling and eases anxiousness and depressed thinking patterns. It's even believed that holy basil reduces stress symptoms with its neuroprotective and antioxidant constituents. I find holy basil to be uplifting and calming without being stimulating. I like to sip holy basil tea like is found in that Be Happy tea blend that I mentioned earlier on days I'm feeling less motivated or I'm about to have a stressful conversation or meeting. It's really great to grab in the afternoon when it's too late to be drinking something that's caffeinated, but you know you need to focus. In my garden, I grow the Kapoor version of holy basil, and that one does really well in our humid, warm climate. But there's several different varieties of holy basil that are better suited to the higher altitudes. Holy basil pairs really well with lemon balm. Lemon balm is another aromatic herb, and it helps shift your mood, and it's been called the gladdening herb because of its ability to break up melancholy. 
The aroma of holy basil and fresh lemon balm are simply divine. I love it so much that I wanted to share my fresh holy lemon tea recipe with you today. So as promised, here is my fresh holy lemon tea recipe. Add two tablespoons of fresh holy basil to one tablespoon of fresh lemon balm. Add a cup of boiling hot water, steep for 10 minutes, strain, and enjoy. If you don't have fresh herbs, don't worry. You can make it out of dried herbs by adding two teaspoons of the dried holy basil and one teaspoon of the dried lemon balm. If you've been feeling stressed out and anxious, I really hope you'll take the time to explore some of these herbal helpers we talked about today. I hope this was helpful. Each of these plants, the chamomile and the lavender and the ashwagandha, rhodiola, holy basil and lemon balm, they all have lots to offer and they can be mixed and matched to give you specific support that you need. Oh, and before I go, I wanted to remind everyone if you're having worrisome changes and thought patterns and moods, make sure you reach out to somebody. Don't go it alone. Also, because of the unique properties found in adaptogens, it is advised that you not use herbal adaptogens during pregnancy. If you have any questions, comments, pop them below and I will personally answer them. I would love to hear your feedback and get to know more about the herbs that you're using and the questions that you have. Make sure you tune in next week as I'm going to chat about the connection between sleep, stress, low moods, and the plant allies you can use to get rested. Thanks for listening. If this episode resonated with you, you can preserve the herbal tradition and build our herbal community by subscribing and sharing The Herb Mama Radio. Find me, The Herb Mama, on Instagram and soon TikTok. You can shop and donate at The Herb Mama on coffee.com. That's co-fi.com. Is there an herbal topic you think would make a great episode? Drop a comment below and I'll create an episode just for you. Remember, all information shared is for entertainment purposes only and is not meant to diagnose or prescribe. Please contact your healthcare professional before making any changes to your healthcare routine. Extra caution is advised for lactating pregnant people or those taking medications. Remember to forage responsibly and safely. I love this, Mama. I love that you were talking about... um grandma's inspiration and her overall influence I really like that you told the information in story platform I really feel like it's like easier to understand and relate to and remember when there's like little story comparisons to go along um and I also really like the just meditative practice of having a cup of tea that you were talking about because I feel like that's something that's really easy and simple and important to your overall well-being as a person and just something like super easy that any old buddy can do so it's really good hello beautiful herb people and welcome to the herb mama radio the show where we chat about all things herbal I'm so excited to be with you today and share the second show in a series of episodes I've dedicated to addressing holistic herbal methods of managing stress and the many side effects it has on our mental and physical well-being. In this episode, I'll chat about how a powerful productive day really begins the night before. 
the connection between sleep and stress, along with my favorite herbal allies for restoring healthy sleep cycles. So be sure to stick around to the end where I'll give a relaxing herbal recipe you can use to get a better night's sleep tonight. Last night, I was binging on my favorite podcast, Hindsight. Heinz is an awesome listen for elevating your vibe. If you haven't, you should check him out. So while I'm binging on Heinz and catching up on some chores, including scripting this podcast, I heard something so obvious it was profound. And that was, a good day begins with a great night. The irony of writing my own podcast about the importance of sleep in the late night hours while listening to a podcast reminding me that my success tomorrow actually depends on my rest tonight was not lost on me. Maybe you can relate? I'm guessing you probably can because it's estimated that about 30% or more of adults report some level of insomnia. And I get it, there just aren't enough hours in the day. And all of those to-dos stack up and the first domino to fall is oftentimes sleep. Sleep might well be the greatest casualty of modern life and my friend, I am here to tell you it is a price you can't afford to pay. The streets... The stress-sleep connection is well-established in modern medicine and herbal wisdom. Traditional Chinese medicine calls rest a yen tonic, and Western herbal medicine considers sleep one of nature's greatest healers, along with exercise, fresh air, clean water, healthful foods, and sunshine. It's no secret that stress can sabotage sleep, but the actual cost of sleep debt on our mental and physical well-being is often dismissed and overlooked. Many of us are racking up sleep debts as though we have no spending limits. Clients often come to me suffering from a myriad of seemingly unrelated symptoms, when in reality, those dominoes began to fall years ago with high levels of stress and lack of sleep. Sleep problems are so intimately intertwined with stress that without help, you can find yourself trapped in a never-ending cycle of stress that triggers poor sleep and feeling awful. The stress hormones, primarily in the form of cortisol, are supposed to increase in the morning during our waking hours and decrease after dark. Physical, mental, and other forms of stress, like blue light from devices, and collective stress, like COVID, cause cortisol and stress hormones to be chronically higher than they should be. And that delays or our rest or causes us to get inadequate rest. Lack of rest during the normal night hours further compounds cortisol output and decreases our threshold for stress and increases our sensitivity to it. This negative feedback loop has many of us living life foggy and irritable and unfocused like a toddler without a nap. Equally as frustrating is the toll lack of sleep takes on our immunity. A robust immune response requires us to be well-rested. There are many studies that reflect the significant drop in resistance to infection after sleepless nights. Chronic stress and lack of sleep has also been blamed for system... Physical, mental, and other forms of stress like blue light from devices and collective stress like COVID cause cortisol and stress hormones to creep up, which results in delayed or inadequate rest. Lack of rest during the normal night hours further compounds cortisol output, decreasing our threshold for stress and increasing our sensitivity to it. 
This negative feedback loop has many of us living life foggy and irritable and unfocused, like a toddler without a nap. Equally as frustrating is the toll lack of sleep takes on our immunity. A robust immune response requires us to be well rested. There are many studies reflecting a significant drop in resistance to infection after sleepless nights. Chronic stress and lack of sleep has also been blamed for systemic inflammation that plays a role in many other disease processes, including painful conditions and autoimmune disorders. Sleep has also been connected to a number of serious chronic conditions like dementia, cardiovascular disease, and obesity. So now that you know that sleep is so important, you might be wondering exactly how much sleep you should be getting. Sleep studies cite seven to nine hours as the sweet spot, and I know many of you are going to say, I do just fine on five to six hours of sleep, but research is saying your body is telling a different story. If you're only getting five hours of sleep regularly, your body has most likely just learned to cope with that, but you're still experiencing a chronic level of stress with elevated stress hormones and all of the health risks that are associated with inadequate sleep and rest. So to determine if you're really getting enough quality sleep, ask yourself this. Do you find yourself waking up feeling sluggish? Are you tanked by mid-afternoon? Maybe you're the wired but tired type who burns the midnight oil only to find yourself having to push really hard just to keep up the following day. I know I can relate to that. Perhaps you have no trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, but you feel just foggy and fatigued. Poor sleep can show up in a variety of ways, ranging from obvious insomnia and frequent waking to just generally feeling like crap. So what can you do about it? Well, sleep hygiene is the first step, and many of you have probably heard quite a bit about that. These are the common things like keeping a regular sleep schedule, putting devices away at least an hour before bedtime. I also like to take the extra step of turning my devices to the nighttime mode after dusk. Food is another important factor, as eating less than two hours before bed can keep you up digesting and it can trigger reflux and GERD. Also, take care to address pain. If you have a chronic pain condition, that can keep you up too. Herbal allies I found most helpful for getting a good night's sleep are sedative and nervines like passionflower, skullcap, and hops to help me get to sleep along with adaptogens like ashwagandha and reishi to help me bring those stress hormones back into balance and get off that stress sleep roller coaster once for all. One of grandma's go-to sleep helpers was hops, or humulus lupulus. One of grandma's go-to sleep helpers was hops, or humulus lupulus. Hops is best known as a bittering agent and beer brewing, and while grandma did enjoy a good microbrew, her favorite way to use hops was for sleep as a tea or as a tincture. The sudorific, skunky quality of hops hints to its ability to help you relax and may ease mild anxiousness too. That's a real herbal term, sudorific, by the way. And that smell, kind of like that skunky smell that you smell in catnip, is one of the things that helps us know what kind of action it'll have in our body. 
The resin that exudes from hops contains a compound that may increase the neurotransmitter GABA. And GABA is involved in down-regulating the stress response and inducing sleep. Fresh hops tincture may even be indicated for those with pain that keeps them awake or pain that causes breaks in sleep. It's important to note that the amount of hops in beer is not enough to restore sleep, so you can't just have a beer. But that alcohol can be very disruptive to a healthy sleep cycle, and it also is inflammatory and can aggravate pain. So it's generally recommended to hold off on adult beverages entirely until you've reset your system. I like to add hops to my custom crafted herb dream pillows. To make those, I just add a few small handfuls of relaxing herbs like hops or lavender or catnip and put them in a small cloth pouch or a large muslin tea bag. I tuck those little dream pillows inside my regular pillowcase for a bedtime aromatic treat. Dream pillows can be used for cranky getting restless kids too, and they make excellent gifts. Another botanical worth exploring for sleep is passionflower. Passionflower is employed for its relaxing, sleep-producing properties. Passionflower or Passiflora incarnata is easily identified with its showy pink fuchsia to purple flowers. This vining beauty not only knocks out anxiousness and nervous feelings, it also aids in initiating restful sleep. A double-blind study found low-dose passionflower tea to measurably increase the quality of sleep when compared with placebos. In my own experience, passionflower tea and tinctures are excellent additions to any bedtime routine. Some herbalists even suggest that anyone with disrupted vivid dreams should avoid passionflower as it could exacerbate lucid dreaming. I do experience lucid dreaming commonly without any herbal helpers, but I have not personally experienced passion flower exacerbating it. I do feel skullcap may increase my vivid dreaming, but that's something to keep in mind because for some people that can be a very unpleasant experience. Now, like passion flower, skullcap or scutellaria latifolia is another bitter nervine often used for improving rest. Skullcap, along with its relaxing relatives from the Lamaceae mint family, like motherwort and catnip, can really help the body and mind let go of tension from stress and find sleep more attainable. Herbalist Sevensong calls skullcap a gateway herb for its effectiveness and describes it as an important herb for general pain conditions, as it doesn't result in the mental fog that interferes with your ability to complete daily tasks and activities like some other pain helpers do. Skullcap could be a good fit for anyone whose pain or internal dialogue of worry is keeping them up all night. You can add a pinch of skullcap to your tea or try a tincture. Now Now that you've got some herbs on board for helping instigate sound sleep, you might want to consider a long-term strategy for managing that stress. This is a crucial step many miss. A lot of times people will reach for something that just helps them get drowsy and, and sleepy and get off to dreamland, but they forget to do the underlying work. That's where adaptogens really come in. Ashwagandha or Withania seminifera is a warming, dry, mildly bitter, relaxing adaptogen. 
that helps restore sound sleep patterns. Researchers are really uncertain if it's the presence of triethylene, glycol, or the Ayurvedic herb. Researchers are really unsure of which of the compounds present in this Ayurvedic herb help you get better sleep, but we do know that it acts on GABA receptors, and that is what accounts for its effectiveness. People that take ashwagandha report significant improvement in their quality of sleep and length of sleep after only a few weeks of taking ashwagandha. Reishi Ganoderm is a medicinal mushroom Another adaptogen you could give a try is Reishi Ganoderma. This medicinal mushroom has adaptogenic properties that I've personally found helpful in improving sleep and lessening my daily fatigue. As a revered qi tonic in traditional Chinese medicine, Reishi quiets the nervous system. It modulates immunity and supports the gut while protecting the brain and helping improve quality of sleep. My own relationship with reishi began after diving into the world of medicinal mycelium as a mean of tackling chronic Lyme symptoms. About three weeks of taking reishi daily, I noticed I was reishi Now that you've got some herbs on board for helping instigate sound sleep, you want to consider a long-term strategy for managing your stress levels. This is a crucial step that many people miss. Ashwagandha or Withania somnifera is a warming, dry, mildly bitter, relaxing adaptogen that helps restore sound sleep patterns. Researchers are unsure of exactly how this Ayurvedic herb works, but we know it acts on GABA receptors, and that accounts for its effectiveness. However, participants really do report a significant improvement in their quality of sleep and the length of sleep after only a few weeks of taking ashwagandha. Another great adaptogen that can help with sleep is reishi. Reishi ganoderm lingzi is a medicinal mushroom with adaptogenic properties that I've personally found helpful in improving sleep and lessening fatigue during the day. As a revered qi tonic in traditional Chinese medicine, reishi quiets the nervous system, it modulates immunity, supports gut health, protects the brain, and helps restore sleep. In my own relationship with reishi, I began taking it after diving into the world of medicinal mycelium as a mean of, of tackling my own chronic Lyme symptoms. After about three weeks of taking reishi daily, I began to notice I was sleeping through the night and generally feeling like I had more vitality in the morning. I didn't really connect these two until I ran out of reishi and my Lyme insomnia cycles returned, which if you've ever experienced that or have any friends or family that have, you know how wicked that can be. You might have a completely different experience with reishi or any of the other herbs that I've mentioned, but for me, it turned out to be just the thing that I needed. I prefer to use the powder, and I like to add reishi and ashwagandha to make a tasty, potent, adaptogenic latte. You can also opt for tinctures or capsules if you prefer. 
The most important thing to remember is to follow up your sleepy time herbs like hops, passion flower, and skullcap with some stress care strategies and adaptogens like the ashwagandha or reishi so you're improving your overall well-being. Well, now that we've got some herbs to work with, let's get to that herbal sleepy time recipe I promised to help you get a better restful... Well, now that we've got some great herbs to work with, let's get you that sleepy herbal recipe I promised to help you get rested tonight for a happy, healthy, productive day tomorrow. So for a sleepy time tea, get a quarter teaspoon of catnip, a quarter teaspoon of passion flower, a quarter teaspoon of skullcap, and a quarter teaspoon of lemon balm. Add all of those dried herbs to boiling water. Now let's get to that herbal sleep recipe I promised to help you get rested tonight for a happy, healthy, productive tomorrow. In this sleepy time tea, you're going to use a quarter of a tablespoon of catnip, a quarter tablespoon of passion flower, a quarter tablespoon of skullcap, and a quarter tablespoon of lemon balm. Add all of those herbs to very hot but not boiling water. So that'll be one cup of very hot water and steep it for 10 to 15 minutes. Strain and sip about an hour before bedtime. Now, this particular recipe is not appropriate when pregnant, so you'll have to use a different strategy if you're having sleep issues then. You can complement this tea with either reishi or ashwagandha daily for a few weeks to help your sleep cycles get back to their normal state. And before I go, I want to make a special mention of two commonly used sleep aids, melatonin and cannabis. Melatonin can be a good tool for some, and I recently learned that lower doses seem to be enough to restore sleep. Also, be sure that you're taking it at the same exact time each night, or you risk giving yourself a sort of jet lag feeling the next day. And as for cannabis, I plan to make an entire episode addressing some of the uses and benefits of CBD and cannabis, and some of the potential unwanted effects of that as well. It's important to keep in mind that with cannabis as well as alcoholic beverages, you can have some unwanted effects. Even though they can make you drowsy and seem to be helpful, over time it can cause inflammation, particularly the alcohol. Not so much the cannabis. And it can create to, it can contribute to waking later. That is one thing that cannabis can do. It can cause you to wake later. Before I go, I want to make a special mention of two commonly used sleep aids, melatonin and cannabis. Melatonin can be a good tool for some, and I recently learned that lower doses seem to be enough to restore sleep. Also, be sure to take it at the same exact time each night, or you risk giving yourself a sort of jet lag type feeling the next day. And as for cannabis, I do plan on making an entire episode dedicated to that, but for those of you who choose to partake, just keep in mind that, as with all things, it can have some unwanted effects, including long-term disruption in sleep cycles. And remember, 
Many of the herbs mentioned today are contradicted during pregnancy and none should be used in conjunction with other sleep-inducing products or medications. Well, I hope you all get a better rest at night tonight, a better night's sleep tonight. Well, I'm wishing you all a restful, restorative sleep tonight for a happy, healthy, productive, powerful day tomorrow. Tune in next week as I chat about stimulating versus soothing herbal helpers for stress. Adaptogen herbs exist on a spectrum ranging from stimulating to soothing, and we're going to suss out which of those herbs are which and how to recognize the signs you might want to reach for one over the other. Next week, we're going to chat more about